0: The Crude Life every Monday through Thursday with a weekend review on Friday.
1: Welcome to the Crude Life Podcast. My name is Jason Spees. I am the North Dakota Nomad, the Shale Play Prophet. We are broadcasting here from the Hatch Coaching Studios. Our entitled intern, Provolone, is making and manning the production elements of this podcast. Coming up a little later in the program, Daniel Stenberg will join us on our Bach and Barbecue phone lines. Headlines are coming up in just a moment or two, the very popular headlines. And the music you're hearing is the Moody River Band. This is the last day for the Moody River Band. We'll be ushering in a new musician next week. And if you have a band that you would like featured here as part of our Crude Life music crossover, feel free to email us, jason at life.com. That's jason at CrudeLife.com. As I mentioned a moment ago, Daniel Stenberg with the McKenzie County Job Development Authority. That's Watford City, the heart of the Bakken. Gives us an update on some grant and loan programs, some quality of life opportunities, developments. And then on the latter part of the program, the end of the program, Joel Brown with Mineral Tracker with an update from Watford City, McKenzie County. Now, Provolone. Provolone is our entitled intern. He is the production elements, the podcast expert, if you will course, I'm, you know, overseeing it, uh, but it's his show. It's his show. I allow him to be the boss when it comes to the podcast. I give my input. Yes, I am the owner of the company and I am the host of the show, but, you know, I like to delegate and delegate as much as I can without micromanaging, without trying to trump, without trying to redirect. So, Uh, Provolone, this is going to be one of those learning lessons right here on the air, because honestly, I don't want to argue with you. I don't want to hear any excuses. I don't want to uh, have a meeting about this. So I'm killing two birds with one stone. Audience, I apologize that you are going to be peeling back the curtain here and having a little bit of the Wizard of Oz, if you will. Because Provolone, um, one of the things we're trying to do here at The Crude Life is give people a nice sampling, a nice smear, a nice smattering, you know, uh, a smorgasbord, if you will, if we're gonna stick with the alliteration. And what we're trying to do here is everything from, you know, the Marcellus down to the Permian, to the Haynesville, over to the Bakken, the DJ, the Powder, California. We, might, we even bring in Canada, okay, from time to time. So The Crude Life, is just what it is, the crude life. Now, we really, you know, the show, it's several shows, you know, we've got our featured interview, and we've got the headlines, and and we've got our daily update. Now, the daily update is for radio, I get that. It goes to a bunch of radio stations, I think 25, 30 radio stations across a five-state area, and We put it at the end of the program because it's content that we already produce and we like to reuse content, recycle it, repurpose it, reinvent energy, right? So Provolone, long story short, very long story short. This is why I don't want to have a meeting about it because I want to articulate one time and one time only. And you can podcast this and listen to it later if you'd like, okay? Please don't do two Bakken interviews. This is a very bakken and heavy show. We have Daniel Stenberg from McKenzie County Job Development Authority giving us updates on economic development loan programs. I mean, we're, we're deep diving here. And then our three-minute, thirty-second update to end the program is an update from Watford City too. So we this this is we don't want to really do that. Okay, um, we can. That's cool. That's fine. We're gonna let it go. I'm not gonna hey, it's done. So Joel Brown with MinnowTracker.com will be giving us an update as well about some of those other commu- quality and community life changes happening. And for him, it's a little different because Joel Brown grew up in Watford City. And now coming back, of course, seeing the changes that have happened with the unprecedented growth in population and urban land use is, is remarkable. So uh, it, it it is worthy of an entire themed show. But We need to position it as a themed show. And now I'm seeing I could have done that and saved the whole on-air butt-chewing meeting here for the audience in the last probably, what, three and a half, four minutes of me talking if I would have just positioned it as, this is a Bakken-themed show, but then we lose them. If people are down in the Eagleford and they got nothing to do with the Bakken, then we lose them. And we gotta keep them through headlines. I mean, headlines has got Ohio, it's got DJ, it's got Permian. Elizabeth Warren, I'm just looking at the things here, so this should be kind of fun. Headlines coming up in just a moment or two. Our sponsor today, by the way, folks, if you'd like to sponsor The Crude Life, we appreciate it very much, and you can then become one of the show sponsors. We have a daily show sponsor here at The Crude Life, and our sponsor today is Knighton Industries. Knighton Industries is a full-service pump distributor servicing the oil and gas industrial and municipal markets since 1969. They offer parts, sales, and service of all major brand pumps, along with a 24-hour service department and a full-service machine shop. Their manufacturing capabilities allow Knighton Industries to offer customized package equipment, service out of their state-of-the-art machine shops located in Odessa, Texas. For more information, visit knightandindustries.com. That's knightandindustries.com. Of course, those links are always available at the Crude Life Podcast show page. Our featured event today is the U-R-T, small e, capital C, workshop. That's the Urtec workshop happening in, where is it? Midland, okay? So it's the U-R-T-E-C, Urtec Workshop, unconventional E-O-R, Advanced Oil Recovery 2020 perspectives, way too many acronyms here. And honestly, this U-R-T, small E, capital C, this is the first time I've seen that. And I don't know how to pronounce it. Is it Urtec? That's what I'm gonna say. I'm not afraid to admit this because I'm trying to pay attention to all these acronyms and this emoji land l o l l f m a o f g x y z i mean come on and then you got lifestyle choices l g b t q l g b l t i don't even know what's going on here and now my head's going to explode so i do apologize for the capital u r t small e capital c workshop that it's urtech to me and if that's not right Email me, let me know, jason at the crude life.com. And if any of those alphabet people I just named made you upset, all right, email me there too. I do apologize. I just, I know that EOR stands for enhanced, Advanced Oil Recovery. I also know that LOL stands for Laugh On Loudly. What's that, Provolone? It doesn't mean Laugh On Loudly. It means Laugh Out Loud. Okay, so this whole time, I thought it meant laugh on loudly. Like, laugh on. Laugh on. I, I do I, You guys make stuff up all the time. It's like when I tried to learn Pokemon with my son. He just makes up the rules as he went along. I know he did. I mean, I tried to explain to him poker, and he figured it out really quick because there's set rules. Pokemon, I have no idea. He just laid down something that looked like a tree, and I was done. So, I, I have no idea on that one, but we tried and he no longer does Pokemon. But he, by the way, my son played Pokemon for two years, and this is how competitive he is. At age eight, he ended up in the top eight in the upper Midwest regional bracket out of Madison, Wisconsin. And that was his first tournament ever. Here, this kid just walks in there. Just, you know, one board weekend at a comic book shop where they had some event going on board, ends up playing Pokemon with some kids, turns it into a weekend hobby. What the heck, we drive out to Madison for this tournament. Ends up, I think it was fifth he took, something like that. They call it the final eight, the top eight. And he's the first kid ever from North Dakota. First person ever to reach the final eight in that tournament. So... Uh, Quite impressive there. God, my son, he's had some pretty good accolades. You know, he's kind of making me look at my life and getting kind of depressed that he's accomplished more in his 14 years, almost 14 years. He's 13, going to be 14 next month, going on 35. So, you know, he's accomplished quite a bit. It makes me, huh, I'm going to reflect a little bit this weekend, probably around a mirror. That's when it works the best to reflect. All right, what else do we have? By the way, that uh, Urtec Workshop is Midland, Texas, March 19th. That is March 19th in Midland, Texas, the Urtec Workshop Unconventional EOR 2020 Perspectives. All right, folks, if you have an event or you have a headline you would like to, let us know about or you'd like to sponsor it's jason at the crude life.com. That's jason at life.com All right, coming up later on in the program, of course, like I mentioned, Daniel Stenberg is our featured interview. He's with the McKenzie County Job Development Authority. And we have Joel Brown with Mineral Tracker. And let's see, the Earth's champion, Johnny Green, stopped by as well. And he left us with this one: Environmentalism is in. Infected with urban smugness. Boy, I couldn't agree more, Johnny Green. So he gave us a link here to Mr. Tom Shepstone, who's been on this program before, has a opinion piece out that says, environmentalism today is infected with urban smugness. And uh, folks, I'd get right to it, get to it, get reading. Uh, the link is right at the Crude Life podcast show page. And his first line says, environmentalism hasn't been right since Earth Day in 1970, when shortly thereafter, it was infected with terminal urban smugness. And that is so, so true. Because when you think about the evolution of environmentalism, you, you do. You, you think of ascots and pipes and smugness and, and just, it's just an elite micromanagement of your lifestyle. And you can see how it grows with the word smugness, urban smugness. That's so true. And we call it public shaming, state-sponsored public shaming. The state allows you to shame people and discriminate and pick on them because it's attached to climate change. So if you don't agree with something, you can now attach it to climate change, and it's okay to shame people publicly. And your leaders, your elected leaders allow it. They enable it. They encourage it. Your organizational leaders, the appointed leaders, they encourage it. They engage with it. They don't try to stand up to it. They engage with it. Think about that. Think about that for a second. You've got state-sponsored smugness, state-sponsored Public shaming. This is no different than the biblical times of throwing stones. Public stoning, this is no different. Whether it's sticks or stones, they break bones. So when you really think about it, where your dollars are going, whether it be by taxes or dues, PAC, donations, whatever it might be, sponsorships, How's the public shaming going? What are they doing? Are they standing up for you? Or are they engaging and making it worse? There's a difference. There's a big difference between standing up with a strong mind and falling for it. Because right now, the energy industry has pumped billions of dollars into education and public awareness. And they're getting schooled by a 16-year-old girl the energy industry has pumped billions into trying to educate, connect, and engage with the average person on how energy influences their quality of life. And they're getting schooled by a 16 year old girl. Do you still think the same people should get the same resources so they can do the same things just louder? Because that's what I see going on. Johnny Green, the Earth's champion. Says you have to have a strong mind to live in the planet of platitudes when you're trying to live in the realm of reality. All right, Johnny Green, you go get him, boy. Go get him, Johnny Green. Environmentalism today is infected with urban smugness. That link available at the crudelife.com podcast show page. Time now for headlines. We're going to get to headlines, see what Provolone has put together for us today. The way this works, folks, is Provolone, our entitled intern, he has put together three daily headlines he scours the interwebs and newspapers and anything he can get his hands on to find some oil and gas news and then he usually throws in something that is a little bit not oil and gas but maybe because everything is really related to oil and gas but it's generally not as business oriented or anything like that and the way we do headlines is we read and comment and engage just like the average person today which is we read the headline And maybe we read a paragraph or two and then we make our assessments, our opinions, become stubborn and move on. And that's basically how the average person reads headlines. So that's what we try to do. And we like to connect. Now, are we going to do that after this segment? Probably not because we're not crazy. We like to have a little fun from time to time, but the links are available at thecrudelife.com if you'd like to read the entire article. But I would like to keep things moving along and get right to the first article, which is from hydrocarbon-technology.com. ConocoPhillips sells oil leases in DJ Basin and Permian Basin. American multinational energy company ConocoPhillips has completed the sale of two oil assets in the Permian Basin and Southern Denver julesburg DJ Basin. ConocoPhillips did not disclose the names of the buyers or the values of the deals. All right, there's your first two paragraphs right there. I want to keep going because I I do want to know more, so I'm going to have to go back and read this a little bit later because I'll tell you, my speculative and my, my tea leaves are going around and everything like that. And when I look at this, see what's happening. I see two things. Number one is you've got another big company selling assets for debt service. That is not new, okay? That is part of the boom bust, part of the ebb and flow. That is not new. Now, Is it real? Yeah. Does it affect you? Probably. But is it like, oh my God, we got to panic? No, because it's not new. Because here's what happens, folks. When sales happen, the money shifts. We live in a global economy, okay? It's no longer the United States economy. It's no longer the United, uh, I'm sorry, the, the North American economy. It's a global economy, Clinton started it with NAFTA, and then it slowly ramped up and ramped up. Obama eras, really, is when it just kind of finalized in terms of the major part of the globalization. Now, I'm not picking on those two. That's just actually when the timing of things really ramped up. And we are. We're in a global economy. I mentioned this yesterday. In North Dakota and Texas, there's foreign companies all, all the time buying oil leases and that's what i'm wondering what's going on here now conoco phillips did not disclose the names of the buyers that's normal that is normal but sometimes it's not and if it's a public company i don't know and so did foreign companies buy this i have no idea this is why it's not healthy to speculate in oil and gas okay but but There were sales, we do live in a global economy and right now it's not a bad idea to ask if it is a foreign company, another foreign company that is buying and now all of a sudden you've got the state of Wyoming getting into a big purchase with their land leases and they're gonna turn around and sell them. My guess is they're going to. How different is the oil and gas industry going to look in five years when Saudi Arabia can come in and buy oil leases? When the country of China can come in and buy oil leases? When you got countries becoming IPOs so they can participate in the stock market of energy? That's what I get from this, to be honest. That's what I get from this story. And I know that's that's probably overanalyzing, but conoco phillips sells oil leases at dj and permian basin okay they it's i mean we're talking like millions of acres here so this is not a small deal this is a big deal but i i don't know who it's going to i don't know why it is all i know is that they're they're selling probably some debt service and it's very normal to do that outside of that you can only speculate and Speculating is fun, but it's very dangerous. And in energy, you got to be very careful when you speculate, Provolone. All right, this next headline comes from WTOV9.com. It's a local news station in Ohio. Oil and gas industry going through rough patch in Ohio. The Oil and Gas Association of Ohio's annual meeting took place in Columbus on Thursday some of the biggest companies and key leaders in the industry were on hand for the 73rd annual it's one of the largest networking events of these years currently the industry is going through a rough patch well this is not news uh, this is you know obviously something that's happening and I'm glad to hear that we've got some leaders now talking about it and we're starting to see it in you know some of the lesser known plays a little bit I guess you know Ohio I guess I don't know much press the Ohio Valley gets, but I don't see much of it compared to the Permian, the Bakken, the DJ, even the Powder River had some good press for a while. But this is this is we're starting to see a trend here. And the only thing I'm gonna say about this, the only thing I'm gonna say about this is the last time when the downturn happened and the downsizing and the right sizing and the new normal, can we think of any other buzzwords that were used to try to calm the fears and the masses, the hysteria of the people out there wondering why no one is paying their bills and why slow pay has gotten worse than ever and why rig counts keep going down and this and that. And all the industry leaders and all the appointed leaders are coming out and using new terms of being positive. Like, we're gonna get through this. This is just the new normal. This is the downturn. This is the right sizing. This is the This is the whatever it is. Yet they got paid. Well, everybody else is wondering, WTF, what happened? So I'm glad to see that they're starting to come out early on and saying things are different right now. It's challenging where commodity prices are. Free cash flow is the place for business to be. They're actually giving examples in Ohio of, of what to do, which is very important right now to do because last time when everyone listened to the appointed leaders and the elected leaders, it didn't go well. It didn't go well at all. Too much propped, faux, false confidence for those people who didn't have to worry about it because their checks were coming regardless. Their mortgages were getting paid regardless. You got guys sleeping in their vehicles because they can't even afford a $50 room at a Super 8 anymore. Because a multi million dollar company can't pay their bills because they got to go service some lease debt first. So, this go around, this time, it's already here, folks. It's already here. The layoffs have already happened. The slow pay is already going on. People are using their severance packages. People are using their 401ks. People are dipping into their savings. The jobs are going from 100 grand down to 30 grand, and you got to go get a six month certificate. The, the change is happening. The change is happening. So it's good to see if if leaders, the appointed leaders and the the elected leaders, if they stand up and say that. The industry is not going to be the same in five years. That's what the industry should be saying right now. Instead of reacting to a 16-year-old girl, instead of reacting to another pipeline protest, instead of reacting to another politician who says they're going to end fossil fuels or have a Green New Deal. They got to control the conversation once again. And by telling people the reality, the realm of reality, instead of participating in the planet of platitudes, that's a good start. That is a good start. So uh, I'm not trying to be crass. I'm not trying to be flippant. What I'm trying to do is I'm trying to stand up and say the last time, I was very disappointed at the lack of, information, and the amount of speculation that was given. False speculation, mind you. So this time, I'm glad to see that there are some leaders standing up and saying, things are going to be different. We need to take a step back and realize what's going on. And we don't have all the answers right now. And you know what? Sometimes some good leadership, sometimes, sometimes, not all the time, sometimes a good leader, says he doesn't have the answer. But I'm not going to hide it from you. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not going to spin it. We're going to work on this together. We're going to fight through this together. And we're going to come out on the other end together. Okay? That's what a good leader does. From the days of Moses with the parting of the Red Sea to Gene Hackman's character in Hoosiers. And with that, I think we move on to the next headline. Let's see what you have in store for us next. Provolone, I think I saw something about Elizabeth Warren. Yes, from the New York Times. You've been reading the New York Times, have you, Provolone? Okay, well, we'll talk about that later. Elizabeth Warren, once a front-runner, drops out of presidential race. Actually, this was a little bit of a surprise to me, if I would say so. Uh, uh, I'll read the first paragraph here. Miss Warren, a senator and former law professor, staked her campaign on fighting corruption and changing the rules of the economy. Senator Elizabeth Warren entered the 2020 race with expansive plans to use federal government to remake American society, pressing to strip power from the wealth from a moneyed class that she saw as fundamentally corrupting the country's economic and political order. She exited Thursday after her avalanche of progressive policy proposals, which briefly elevated her to a front-runner status last fall, failed to attract a broader political coalition in the Democratic Party, increasingly, if not singularly, focused on defeating President Trump. Okay, a couple things from this as I started to get out earlier. Listen, Miss Warren, I don't understand that because Elizabeth Herring Warren Mann She's got four names. Warren, I believe, was her second name. She was born Elizabeth Herring, right? Red Herring. Elizabeth Herring, Warren, man. So if you divorce your first husband and get remarried once or twice, you can then use your first husband's name without being married? How does that work? How does Elizabeth Herring, Warren, man, get called Elizabeth Warren? I don't understand that. If there's somebody out there who understands genealogy, Jason at the crude life.com. This does surprise me though. Elizabeth Warren, uh, I thought she would probably actually run for president to be honest last fall. I didn't think Bernie would, he's too old. Uh, I, I think he's too crazy looking. He's fun, but at the end of the day, he's not a legitimate candidate. And I think I think people in the party know that. Uh, Joe Biden is not a legitimate candidate at all. Oh no, not at all. Uh, Joe Biden might look good. He might, you know, he might be the Stepford candidate, but he's not going to win. No, he's not going to win. Trump's going to win. Trump's going to win easily. Uh, Elizabeth Warren, I don't even think she's going to be the vice president. I think Amy Klobuchar has a better shot as being the vice president. Listen, listen. This election for the Democrats is to set up the next election. They got no shot of winning. They know it. Joe ain't going to win. Elizabeth Herring, Warren Mann ain't going to win. Bernie Sanders, he ain't going to win. Donald Trump is going to win again. So I, I... I'm fairly certain of that. So this doesn't surprise me, I guess, that she dropped out. Uh, It does surprise me that I thought last fall that she might have a shot at this. I I really thought that she would because she she had a strong start to the campaign. She rallied the youth pretty well, but then Bernie came and took them away. Feel the burn. Feel the burn. All right, that's going to do it for... Headlines. I'd like to thank you folks for tuning in here to the Crude Life podcast. We're going to take a brief pause because I need to catch my breath. And also, I do want to mention our sponsor here one more time today, our sponsor, Knighton Industries. Because here at the Crude Life, we would like to make sure that we keep the lights on. And we also like to make sure that we inform, educate, and entertain the masses out there to let them know that when you turn the lights on, it comes on because of the hard-working men and women like Knighton Industries. Knighton Industries is a full-service pump distributor servicing the oil and gas, industrial, and municipal markets since 1969. They offer parts, sales, and service of all major brand pumps along with a 24-hour service department and full service machine shop. For more information on their manufacturing capabilities, that allow Knighton Industries to offer customization packages to equipment and service out of their state-of-the-art machine shop located in Odessa, Texas. Then visit their website, knightonindustries.com. That's knightonindustries.com. I right.
2: well, I'm doing okay, well, I'm here for the moment, knowing that I'm on my way.
0: is sponsored in part by Historic, the first full conversion refinery to be built in the U.S. in over 40 years. Innovative, the cleanest, most technologically advanced downstream project ever. The model for future shale basin projects. Groundbreaking. The Davis Refinery.
2: Well, you're my surfboard, baby. Let me be your boogie man. Surf surfboard, baby, let me be your boogie man, boogie man. yeah, you and me will ride this wave as far as we can, welcome back to the Crude Life, Life Podcast,
1: my name is Jason Speece the North Dakota Nomad, the shale play man. profit broadcasting from the Hatch Coaching Studios, our entitled Intern Provolone is manning the production elements of the podcast, we've got Daniel Stenberg getting ready on the Bakken barbecue phone line. And we've got Provolone's phone going. Is that Jody Smith from the land department? She, I gave her your number because we were gonna be using the other number. So is that her? Okay. Uh, find out, let's get an interview with Jody Smith to find out what's going on with the land department kerfuffle with the oil and gas people. She was on three weeks ago, two weeks ago. And since she's been on, I bet I've seen 15 headlines that are talking about the opposite of what she said on her show. Now, she's not saying it. Other people are saying it. I bet there's a lot of confusion out there. So, uh, Provolone, please uh, book something with Jody Smith from the North Dakota Land Department so we can get to the bottom of this natural gas royalty kerfuffle that's happening in the state. Okay, now that I got my bearings back, I'd like to apologize for that moment, folks. Laps there, but uh, Daniel Stenberg is available on our Bakken barbecue phone lines. Provolone, you're nodding. Okay, thank you. Look at him. Provolone, he's talking to Jody Smith from the North Dakota Land Department, getting ready to push a button to get Daniel Stenberg on the line and Boy, he's just trying to and he's nodding at me. You're triple tasking. You could be an oil man. You could get in the oil and gas industry. Cause guess what? You gotta add five more things. You gotta you gotta you've heard of triple task, you gotta pent task. It's like pentane, but you gotta task. Five things at one time. Okay, Provolone. Okay, we'll tone it down. All right, just put Daniel Stenberg on, do a mic level check and we'll get going. This
3: is Daniel Stenberg with McKinsey County Economic Development.
1: Thank you for joining the Crude Life here today. I wanted to start off with a update from Watford City. One of the things I always like to check on Watford City is what's going on with some of the activity because as we've talked about Daniel with the past of Watford City going from you know a couple thousand to almost 10,000. I don't know what the exact populations were but 300 percent growth population so there's always something changing there and with the uh, being in the heart of the Bach, and there's just always some activity going on, too. So give us an update uh, from Main Street there and the surrounding areas in Watford City.
4: Yeah, sure. Thanks. appreciate the opportunity, Jason. Um, some of the things we've got going on is our county has approved um, $5 million to kind of help jumpstart the infrastructure um, for single-family and housing. Um, and so I, we're expecting to see a lot of building happening. Um, with, uh, we have a need for about a hundred homes or, and, and this should help, this funding should help, um, make it affordable in order to get these houses built, um, for the builder or give them enough incentive to want to come here. And so we've got some developers who are sub- submitting plans and we're going to hopefully see a lot of single family housing getting built, but any more workers, any more building workers, um, People are looking for work. Watford would probably be the place to come um, for this year.
1: Um, other hey, hold on, on here. Let me just reset that one. This is a, uh, is this a, a grant or is this, what do you mean by dollars? Explain that a little bit. Like who, who exactly would benefit from this in terms of economically, you know, in terms of a builder, is it basically?
4: Well, so what we're doing is that for, certain housing developments the county is going to cover the cost of the infrastructure but then the developer has to promise to um, build that out into housing a certain amount by the end of this year and then 100% of those units by the end of next year Uh, and if they do that they won't have to pay for the infrastructure costs and you know lump that into the lot so it should be it, it should be reflected in the cost of the lot and the eventual cost of the house to the home buyer. But then it also provides some assurance to the developer that um, that those costs are gonna be covered by the county. And so we, we had um, five, we had applications come in and um, we'll be awarding those within the next few weeks is the goal. And so then once that, they're gonna need to be getting all the builders and everything lined up in order to make it happen.
1: That's an interesting approach. I've never heard of that. Is is this a is this a creative way to just spurn some economic activity? Is this uh, uh, is this normal? I guess I'm just uh, you know curious because it's pretty cool.
4: Yeah, no. With this is, I mean, as far as we know, this is something that we just kind of developed for our area. We kind of have very unique circumstances, and um, and one of the biggest challenges for growing our economy is the workforce and in order for people to move here we need more housing people don't just want to live in an apartment they want to bring their family and they want to they want to live in a house and so we just want to make sure that we can get some more options out there so that we can continue to to grow and meet the needs of our um, workforce demands
1: so this pretty much signals that you, Watford City, a lot of the energy companies that you guys are talking to, they're still looking at the Bakken as a long term investment, you know, 20 years, that sort of thing that people are looking at. Um, there will be, you know, oil and gas activity, provided that, you know, oil prices stay above 30 bucks, really. Um, uh, it just seems to me like that that's a, another vote of confidence that um, the energy industry is. Is, is, is doing well and looks to be doing well in a time when there's a lot of uncertainty out there. Is that a fair question?
4: Right, yeah. I mean, w- One Oak was they were just we're just celebrating their new um, Demix Lake gas plants, multiple plants that they're doing. Um, and that's like a $10 billion of investment that they've been doing, and they've got more, more planned um, to get that going just because there's just so much gas to get processed out here. And um, and those are long-term jobs, working for for those facilities. But then also, yeah, I mean, we've got our, another school being built, and that will be finished this fall, and for the for elementary students. And so, that. Um, but it's it's going to be pretty much full once that ha- once we get that in, and that will be able to shuffle the students from what we call the intermediate school into a true elementary school, and then we'll have a a true. Um, middle school as well so we'll have two elementaries one middle and one high school right now the high school is seven through twelve, but now it will be nine through twelve after once this fall starts we've been transitioning to class a and that's just brought about a lot more opportunities that um, that we haven't been able to realize before with a smaller student base but our enrollments continue to grow for that and so we're looking to meet all of our demands um, for housing for students as well
1: Were you involved with the uh, career fair that you guys had at the school? I know that uh, there's so much done with that Rough Rider Center now, and that's an interesting uh, osmosis approach, and I don't know if it was done intentional or not, but just the Rough Rider Center ends up being such a, um, uh, uh, I guess, commonplace for a lot of different events. And then, of course, with the school, you have the theater over there, in the auditorium. And I, I don't know where that uh, career fair was or that safety fair in February last month was, but uh, how, how did that go? Uh, I, I know it was, you know, it was, again, it was another opportunity where it seemed like some industry got exposed to the kids.
4: Yep. Yep. Yeah, no. So we did um, kind of an informational session about all the things that the systems throughout McKinsey County Alexander and, and McKinsey County Public School District one and talking about what they've what they've already been doing with career and tech ed. Alexander is sending students to the world competitions in robotics in Detroit Michigan in a few in a couple of months um, and then like ours the CTE programs are career and technical education. There's a lot of opportunities for agricultural, vocational agriculture, you know, learning some trades like welding, things like that, but we're also looking towards what can be in the future as well. A lot, I mean, it seems to be a hot topic throughout the state, the idea of career academies, and we're just kind of exploring, you know, what, what could that look like for our community? We wouldn't want it to just be for high school students. We'd also want to be able to provide some they call incumbent worker training where you know somebody's been in the workforce for a while but wants to get promoted and they need to go take some certifications or something so you know can we provide that here we've been working strongly and closely with the University of Mary and Wilson State College and train ND and we want to continue continue those relationships to just make sure that we can provide as much opportunities here in our community so that people don't have to travel for their education.
1: I saw something coming up in April that had to do with uh, behavioral health, and I know that's a, a topic in you know the energy industry that people take very seriously, so whenever there's an event along those lines, it's good to get the word out there. Uh, are you guys involved with that? Do you know anything about, I have absolutely no idea if, if you're even qualified to speak on that, but I know that you got your finger on a lot of pulses in Watford City, and this is something, like I said, the energy industry, they, they do like to know about anything that has to do with uh, behavioral health, whether it's from a certification standpoint or uh, sending your employees to do whatever the, the, the deal is type of a thing. Uh, do I have the right city here?
4: Correct. Yes, uh, it's going to be April 28th through the 30th, and Vision West, North Dakota, is is the entity that's really putting it all together. But it will be at our Rough Rider Center, like I said, April 28th through the 30th. It's an opportunity for professionals in the behavioral health fields to kind of come talk together, you know, talk about the field in general, but then what are the specific implications for Western North Dakota? What are our Specific challenges and what what can we be doing to better our situations with behavioral health and um, yeah and so that's that's what it's going to be on April twenty eighth through the thirtieth.
1: Okay, that's good. Uh, what else is happening in Watford City? I know you have that. Uh, you know, kind of the main thing is this this uh, building. Grant that you guys have, or this program, and and make sure you summarize that again because it is something. Like I said, it's something I've never really heard of before, so it um, probably is worth mentioning again.
4: Yeah, I mean, I, I think the biggest thing is that we have. Well, we actually have two programs that are open right now, or in one that is kind of available for anybody, and that's up to fifty thousand dollars for a single if you. We're building a single-family house that has three beds, two baths, <clears throat> and that all of this can be found on econdev.mckinseycounty.net. <clears throat> um, and then there's a link for housing, and then it describes the two programs. And then the other program, the developers have already applied. That RFP uh, session has closed, and we'll be awarding that within the next few weeks, is the plan. And um, and then they are going to be have pretty big incentive to get their houses built um so that we can get more because their infrastructure was going to be covered the cost of that infrastructure and so we'll be needing a lot of builders they will be needing to find a lot of builders in order to come out and make sure that they get all of the housing built that they are planning on so is it other things that are other happening is um We've got the Long X Bridge that will should be finished by the end of this year. That expansion into a four lane, and then, there also got approved from the DOT to expand four lane, to expand Highway 5 to four lane from Watford City to the Long X Bridge, which is the first segment in what we hope will eventually be a four lane from Watford City all the way to Interstate 94. Um, but we've got to do it in segments, and they got that first segment approved, so we're we're happy to hear that because it's just such a such an important road for connecting us to everywhere else and then, if we can have a four lane road that connects us to the interstate, that just opens up a lot more opportunities as well as obviously safety issues as well. Well, and I keep and I think, I'll go, ahead. go ahead
1: well, I was going say I keep going back to these are just more signs of opening up the artery to those distribution uh, arteries, o- opening up the um, flow to the distribution arteries, which is more signs and, and signals that everybody seems to be pretty confident that this this industry is going to be around for a while because these are some big departments making some major investments based on um, the energy activity out there. And what you mentioned earlier about One Oak Saying, yeah, not only did we just put ten billion dollars here, we're going to put more out here too. I mean, I, this is great. I just, you know, for because it's it's like I said, there's there's a lot of uncertainty out there with with the you know banks wanting new certifications and climate change and Bernie Sanders and whatever else and this and that. And this is some good news, man.
4: Yeah, I mean, and, and obviously um, we want to make sure that our community. We don't just want to build it for one industry either people want are attracted on various levels they look at the daycare they look at the education they look at the main street they look at the restaurants in town all of these different things you know what are the annual events that your community has and so we want to just make sure that we're as well-rounded as a community as possible and so that we can attract not just the energy industry but a lot of other industries and young people as well um i mean like this summer we kind of have you know big three events in the summer the county fair will be june 28th through the excuse me june 18th through the 20th the county fair is and then home fest is july 10th and 11th and then rib fest is august 14th last year we had you know eight thousand people on main street for for rib fest we have a free concert and everything and so those are just kind of some of the more things that make this a community we we want it to be well-rounded and uh, opportunities for a lot of different people to come and, and make this their
1: home how's the ag sector doing i know you guys try to be balanced out there but at the end of the day it's you know a lot of communities are basically driven by a few key industries energy ag you know bismarck for a long time was basically government because of the state capital. Uh, technology, obviously, in Silicon Valley is what fueled a lot of those communities. Watford City, you know, for traditionally it was ag, and then, you know, the, the boom-bust cycles, if you will, of, of energy. And, and from, you know, the sounds like, you know, energy has, has become a stable industry. And how is the ag industry? And are there other industries out there that are, you know, kind of a, a pretty good, core industry you know talk about some of those other industries for a, for a little bit
4: sure yeah i mean like for we've got a lot of good grazing land and we, you know we've got you know way more cows than people out here and that that industry has been doing decent the past few years um with prices and everything um last year we had a, a decent a pretty decent year for for moisture not too much not not enough either. I mean, we usually are on the dry side, but we ended up a pretty, um, with pretty miserable moisture. And so, going into this next year, we're, we won't be starting out dry like we have some some years for the people in the fields and everything. And then, in terms of other industries um, besides agriculture and energy, I mean, we have you know, Teddy Roosevelt National Park is just 13 miles south of Watford City their north unit and we get you know a certain amount of people visiting especially in the summertime that they're trying to either visit all 50 states and they need to hit us or they're maybe they're trying to hit um hit all the national parks or they just really like teddy roosevelt national park like to go hiking in the badlands or want to see see buffalo in the wild things like that the national grasslands you know almost half of our county is actually in national grasslands and um And so there's opportunities out there as well for, for the public to go out and enjoy that. And then our whole Northern boundary is Lake Sakakawea. And so people go out to tobacco gardens or McKinsey Bay or just the different marinas that are available. So yeah, a lot of opportunities.
1: So I'm, I'm not totally familiar with the uh, agriculture in Watford city. Now, I know that when you get in the central North Dakota, the pulse crops start pretty well, sunflowers, and um, you get over to Sydney, Montana, and you start getting into some sugar beet country. Do, do you have sunflowers, pulse crops, sugar beets, or is it mostly just cattle and grazing?
4: Uh, we do have some crops. I mean, when I was growing up, it was, it was mostly just wheat, but we do have sugar beets in the on, in the Yellowstone River Valley on the west side of the county and then yeah there's still wheat and some people are doing beans a few people are doing lentils um yeah
1: okay Um, okay i just like i said i I, i haven't been out there and looked at the at the crops you know and um i but but i'm familiar with like say sydney and even williston what they're growing near there and it's just it's so different when you start getting out near the badlands that you know a a river valley can completely change the complexity of a of of an area um because you can go you know you can can go across the street and be completely dry and on the other side be completely flush with water (laughs) it's just so weird but um well all all right in closing in summary uh just kind of recap a little bit what you want people to remember to take away uh either about Watford City or about the loan program or both but just kind of you know, kind of an exit portion of the uh, interview, if you will.
4: Yeah, no, I mean, I think we're shaping up for 2020 to be a, a pretty uh, vibrant year. With, um, I mean, we're trying to get our good count with the census. Those efforts are important, and so to get everybody to make sure that they get counted for the census. But then, yeah, we're going to be seeing, I think, a bunch of, of housing getting built this summer, and um, need they'll always need more workers for that, and so people – are able to build um, come get um, come check things out out here for that and then yeah come visit any summertime opportunities rib fest like I said is always a good time they shut down Main Street both for rib fest and for home fest and then the county fair is always a, a fun kind of uh, event for lots of people there's rodeo and demolition derby and all of those things and so come come visit us come check us out if you're looking for a job you know, let us know. Go to jobsnd.com, look at those jobs, or give us a call here at the Economic Development Office, and we can, we can maybe point people in the right direction as to um,
2: what our needs might be for workforce.
0: To listen to the full-length interview, visit thecrudelife.com.
2: And here's to the sound of one hand clapping, and here's to not letting this moment pass.
1: And that's going to do it for today's program, the Crude Life Podcast. Thank you, folks, for tuning in and joining. we got to get running here, so credits very quickly. Daniel Stenberg, thank you very much with the McKenzie County Job Development Authority. Joel Brown with Middle Tracker coming up right around the corner. Our headlines, the links are available at crudelife.com on our show page. Knighton Industries, thank you, thank you, thank you for being a sponsor here at The Crude Life. If you would like to sponsor our program and the platform, email jason at thecrudelife.com. We'll gladly get you some information on that. Knighton Industries is a full-service pump distributor servicing the oil and gas, industrial, and municipal markets since 1969. They are such an exciting company, it's hard to get through the first sentence when you're talking about Knighton Industries. That's how great of a company they are. They offer parts, sales, and service of all major brand pumps, along with a 24-hour service department and a full-service machine shop. Their manufacturing capabilities allow Knighton Industries to offer customized package equipment and service out their state-of-the-art machine shop, which is located in Odessa, Texas. For more information, visit knightonindustries.com. That's knightonindustries.com. The link also is available on our show page. If you go to thecrudelife.com, click on our podcast show page. We've got Knighton Industries link as well as our featured event. The U R T small e capital C workshop, the URTech workshop, unconventional E O R 2020 perspectives for enhanced oil recovery, unconventional enhanced rec- uh, enhanced oil recovery, March 19th in Midland, Texas. We're not gonna edit. Okay, just keep going. The second annual ERTech One Day Midland Workshop will focus on starting the conversation on feasibility of enhanced oil recovery in the Permian shale plays. That's March 19th. The link is available at thecrudlife.com, And if you have a featured event that you would like us to showcase, feel free to email jason at thecrudelife.com. Johnny Green, thank you very much. The Earth's Champion for stopping by and dropping off a link. Environmentalism today is infected with urban smugness. All these links are available, plus downloads from the Moody River Band at thecrudelife.com. Thank you, Hatch Coaching, for being our studio sponsor and our phone line sponsor, Bakken Barbecue. Joel Brown with mineraltracker.com coming up next. That's going to do it for me, folks. We'd like to thank you very much, Provolone. Excellent job today, triple tasking, quadruple tasking. Pretty soon we're going to get into the whole pentane and the pentatasking here at The Crude Life. <sighs> That's it for me, folks. Tomorrow, The Crude Life week in Review because The Crude Life Podcast can be heard every Monday through Thursday with a Weekend Review on Friday. From the staff of The Crude Life Podcast, my name is Jason Spies asking to always remember energy is more than an industry, it's a way of life.
0: The Crude Life with host Jason Spies.
1: My name is Jason Spies and this is the Crude Life Daily Update. Thank you folks for joining us. On today's episode, we talk with Joel Brown, co-founder of MineralTracker.com. In just a moment, part of our exclusive interview with Joel Brown of Mineral Tracker, right here on the Crude Life Daily Update. That's
5: very perceptive of you. I um. So you're right, I was raised in the Wombert City area. My grandfather, actually, he started in the oil and gas industry when he was in eighth grade and dropped out of high school, began driving truck, ultimately uh, became a driller for you know two decades or more, and then went on and started a downhole fishing company called Northern States that uh, has been around in Watford City, North Dakota, since you know the, the early 80s. My father, he took over that business, and I wound up uh, from the time I was 13 years old. I was in there sweeping floors, and um, you know, ultimately got a chance to learn a lot from you know, just being around the industry from a young age. And then uh, ultimately, when you know I was going through high school, I you know recognized that I had a bit of a talent for math, a bit of a talent for you know finance, and ultimately decided that I wanted to be in the oil and gas industry, and so I decided to go into petroleum engineering. And I was lucky enough that uh, by the time I was a sophomore, University of North Dakota had just launched their uh, first uh, petroleum engineering classes. And so I, I ultimately got to go from, you know, being a 13 year old kid sweeping the floor at a uh, oil field service company to becoming one of the first graduates from the University of North Dakota with petroleum engineering. We always had that goal ultimately of going back and working with my grandfather and father only to find out that Northern States Fishing Tool Company didn't really have much of a need for a petroleum engineer. So I, I did wind up going a slightly different route, got involved in acquisitions and divestments, had to move out of North Dakota for a period of time and then about uh, four years ago now, my wife and I we've moved back to Watford City, which is home, and launched this entire uh, this entire business aimed towards helping mineral owners. And so, from my background that I have in oil and gas from a young age to you know the the my early professional career working in acquisitions and divestment, I've been able to draw experience to, you know, help support local mineral owners, a lot of people that, you know, I grew up knowing here in Watford City.
1: And that was Joel Brown with mineraltracker.com. To listen to the full-length interview or to check out other exclusive interviews, visit the crudelife.com. That's the Be part of our ever-growing army of energy enthusiasts at the crudelife.com social media pages, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube's Go to thecrudelife.com, click on the social media page. We have all of our network right there. 350,000 energy enthusiasts. From the staff at the Crude Life Daily Update, my name is Jason Spies with your daily reminder that it's more than
0: an industry, it's a way of life. The Crude Life is sponsored in part by Historic, the first full conversion refinery to be built in the U.S. in over 40 years. Innovative, the cleanest, most technologically advanced downstream project ever. The model for future shale basin projects. Groundbreaking. The Davis Refinery. every Monday through Thursday with a week in review on Friday.
2: So here's to all of the good thinkers and here's to the lonely drinker but don't you know let this moment So here's to riding shotgun with a lone ranger Here's to making a few friends out of a few strangers But don't you know Let this moment pass So here's to watching the clocks of our grandfathers And here's to stopping and a picking flowers and here's to not letting this moment pass you by. So here's to the picture that holds us laughing. And here's to the sound of one hand clapping And here's to not letting this Moment pass And here's to carrying the weight of the world And here's to screaming, yeah, never being heard And here's to not letting this moment pass
1: It seems everywhere I go these days, someone is telling me about the success of Hatch coaching. Listen to what professional speaker Mark J. Lindquist has to say.
0: To see Eric Hatch grow his business and then start to share it with other people, I think is one of those great steps in life. You know, what do you do in society? You succeed at a thing and then you teach other people how you did it. And now to see Eric duplicating his genius across the country,
1: I'm telling you, there's a world changer down the street and his name is Eric Hatch. For more information, call 701-212-1572 or visit coachingwithhatch.com. That's coachingwithhatch.com.